have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is... Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. Your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Masha Geller. I will be your host for the next hour as Susan Bratton is on vacation. Um, we are going to be talking today about ad networks, and I know this doesn't sound like a very exciting topic if you've been in this business since the 90s and the days of DoubleClick and Real Media and 24-7. Um, that's not the ad network of today. And my first guest today is going to be Joe Fauner, who is the VP of Client Services at Popular Media. And Joe has a um, very, very long background in that network, so we're going to reminisce a little bit, and then bring us into the year 2006 and where ad networks stand today. We're going to be talking about contextual ad networks, viral networks, uh, and video viral networks. Joe, are you there? I sure am, Marcia. Hi, Joe. Welcome. Um, Thank you very much. Bring us... Uh, back a little bit and tell us about your background and why you're still in the network business. Absolutely. So, um, so got involved in the internet back in the in the late '90s, like yourself. Um, spent the last uh, five years or so with a company called Meta Reward that was uh, acquired by Experian a couple years back in uh, 2003. And um, really, uh, Meta Reward was was one of the early kind of what became known CPA networks or sort of brokerage networks. Um, and, uh, and really focused there on, on driving distribution for CPA offers and, and lead gen offers. Um, it's an exciting business, not a great business from a margin perspective, unfortunately, and, and uh, that was some of the issues we had there, but, um, but ultimately made it through, through the, the four or five-year stint there and ended up here at Popular Media where um, we're doing some really interesting things on the network side. Uh, it's a little, little more um, unique than kind of the standard CPA network, takes some of the really good things, the metrics-driven and direct marketing-driven insight. But, um, but kind of putting a whole new skin on it, which, which is great. Uh, okay, so when you talk about the networks of old, um, today when people think of ad networks, they still think about the double-click, um, kind of 800-pound gorillas that started this business. Um, they were laden with problems. What, how far have we come since those days? Well, I think, I think what's really happened, the real watershed um, kind of period of time in, in the network world, it was really probably three or four years ago when a lot of really smart companies um, started started hitting their stride. Um, companies like Attractive and Web Clients and, and Meta Reward being one of those as well. That really took um, that that ad network model that had been started early on with the with the, um, the some of, some of the initial stalwarts and uh, and really applied some real strong metrics against it and and approached it from more from a publisher perspective than, than being sort of a, more of an uh, like an ASP or, or advertiser driven solution. The way that maybe a CJ or Linkshare traditionally had, had been looked, and so I think um, I think that that really is what brought us to a point where uh, we were able to see a lot of scale because um, all of a sudden you didn't need a lot of infrastructure. There's a lot of off the off the shelf technologies that allow people to build out, you know, essentially what is a network with with solutions like DirectTrack and others, and um, and really just be able to apply some of those publishing metrics and direct marketing um, aspects against the advertiser content that's in the network. And work with publishers uh, and be really more publisher focused, almost, uh, and be more of kind of a, than being a technology provider per se. Mm-hmm. 
hasn't it hasn't it always been publisher focused though? Advertisers have been complaining for years that their ads are running blind on networks. Yeah, well, I think I think it's I think that's one of those things that really depends on who you ask, right? So I think um, I think that the transparency issue is definitely a key issue, and, and that's something that's always been a, um, a challenge for uh, for uh, advertisers. I think on the publisher side, um, with the traditional networks, I think that it's it's been more of a situation where. Um, the rules get set by the advertisers. Certainly, they're paying the bills, but the publishers are those that drive, drive the distribution, and that's and that's really kind of um, how we connect with customers, and that's that's kind of the key the key aspect for sure. But totally agree on the transparency issue, and that's something I think ultimately um, is what uh, what needs to be addressed with some of the as the kind of CPA networks have have sprouted up past the the initial um, the initial uh, folks where this this business originated. Um, into this new generation being addressed and giving more more of that transparency to where uh, where advertisers are being promoted and the types of, of content that's being promoted alongside them. Is that one of the problems that made you leave the traditional network world and go to popular media? Yeah, I mean, I think in general that's that's um, there, there's kind of two conflicting issues. I mean, for for some networks, they ultimately become sort of a smokescreen between the publisher and the uh, and the advertiser on a lot of fronts. I mean, it can be things as simple and tactical as payment terms, right? That that drive a um, uh, a, uh, a publisher that otherwise could potentially get a direct deal um, with an advertiser to work through a network because they'll just get paid quicker, and the and the network's willing to sit on the sit on the cash flow um, and and pay them you know weekly instead of you know net sixty or whatever it is. Um, the other piece is just around exactly just the, the sort of uh, uh, the ability for the network to sort of be able to stand between you know what may be questionable content or business practices and and kind of uh, to the extent that they're kind of. Uh, Hide the ball a little bit on the advertiser, and, and that's absolutely one of the things that we, one of the challenges we had in the Meta Reward business, and ultimately why that business was dissolved, and, and um, or one of the reasons why that was dissolved, and and so one of the things that's exciting about coming to Popular Media is is really just a, a whole new spin on sort of the network concept, and really less about um, taking content and taking a set of publishers and making love connections in between, um, where some things are going to work smashingly well and some things are just not going to work at all, and really um, what we've been able to do here is create sort of unique custom content that can be optimized down to the publisher level, which is really exciting because it, it, uh, traditionally I think what happens is uh, publishers, or, or sorry, advertisers uh, in the affiliate space look at all affiliates as alike and sort of optimize to the lowest common denominator. And uh, what we've been able to do based off of sort of this internal multivariant testing engine we've built uh, here at Popular Media is take a given uh, set of advertiser uh, offers or content and optimize down to the individual publisher that's promoting that content, make tweaks and, and optimization improvements as a result. Right. Let's talk a little bit more about that. What exactly Absolutely. is the Popular Media Viral Marketing Network? Yeah, so it's really, it's really, um, there's really three kind of key pieces. So on the on the uh, the front end is really our viral marketing technology, and that's that's kind of our our secret sauce, bread and butter, whatever you want to call it. Um, ultimately, what that does is it allows us to take a consumer that's coming through a process that we create alongside a branded partner and um, allow that consumer, give them a bunch of different tools to allow them to uh, share that experience with their friends. So a lot of people think when they think viral marketing, they think, you know, the funny videos, the, um, the kind of catchy uh, web games, those type of things. That's not really what we are. We're more about the, uh, the direct marketing, the, the, the math and science behind getting people to share an experience with their friends. And the way we do that is really just, again, applying direct marketing, uh, good direct marketing against it. So we, we bring a consumer through a process, we, we, we uh, engage them with things like our address importers that allow them to import their, uh, their web-based uh, address books 
and then select which friends they want to invite into the process. At that point, those friends are then um, are then given the ability to to also uh, interact with that process and get some sort of benefit as a result. That can be something as simple as a gift card or um, or something uh, that's really tied to the to the experience of that particular advertiser. So a free month of their service or whatever it may be, but really giving them some reason to to be to be engaged. The second okay, and piece how does that fit into is, a network? Pardon me. How does that fit into a network? So then, what we do is we create that content. And we're able to then um, release that out to publishers in our network and take each of those processes that we create that are unique to that individual advertiser that are made up of a, of a, of a variety of different pieces and then basically um, with each individual publishing partner determine what, uh, what kind of uh, composure of those pieces will create the best results based off their traffic stream. So ultimately what we'll try to do is get folks through that process um, from a number of sources that can be direct with our client it can also be through our network and, and um, attracting users into, into that process as well. The, ba- the back end of that is, is sort of a multivariate testing engine. That's where it gets interesting for the publisher is we're able to take how, how the consumer is coming from their particular channel, be it you know, email, web-based, uh, website-based, whatever it may be, and, uh, and sort of learn how the users coming from that particular channel uh, interact with, with these offers and then um, make, uh, make tweaks uh, sometimes on the fly to, uh, to make things convert better for the publisher. Okay, so you're not just doing the viral of, you know, the, the hype. Um, you've put technology behind viral marketing. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really what, it, what it's done is it's taken viral marketing, which is something great, cutting edge, um, a lot of buzz about viral marketing. But um, the, the challenge of viral marketing is that it's, it's very hard to, um, to make sustainable and very hard to make predictable. And so what we've done is really just created something that is sustainable and predictable and, uh, and so that's great from a, from a client perspective, an advertiser perspective, when they're looking to drive um, acquisitions through a viral channel. It's also great from a publisher perspective because uh, we're able to extract um, consumers out of a particular publisher channel and improve the experience of those consumers um, and improve the conversion rates for that publisher for a particular offer in our network. Yeah, because there's a lot of confusion surrounding viral marketing. Everybody, when they think about it, tends to think about the subservient chicken and not Absolutely. go much further than that. Yeah, and, and which is great. I mean, the serving chicken is great, and, and I think is a, is a, was a great marketing concept. I don't know how many hamburgers that uh, Burger King sold as a result. I don't know if they know. Um, and so what, what we've really done is, is figured out, you know, how do we take some of those same concepts about getting, giving people a reason to, um, to share and create the sort of uh, social network experience, but, uh, but put it in, in, a, in a context of an environment where a marketer can, um, can really uh, extract value out of it, can, make, can, make, um, can, can sell their product, can get people engaged with their services, these type of things. What's the biggest challenge that you have in explaining um, this concept to agencies? Are they on board with this? They, they definitely are. I mean, I think, I think that, um, again, I think that uh, a, lot of, a lot of what people think when they think viral marketing, like we're talking about, are the, are the funny videos, the, the web games, those type of things. And so um, part of it is just getting past the, the fact that, hey, it's not, we're not talking about something that's a novelty. We're talking about something that's no different than, um, than other, other media channels that, that an agency would leverage, like paid search, um, ad banner networks, traditional affiliate networks, those type of things. Ultimately, what we're doing is we're driving customer acquisition. Um, it, we just put a different front end on it and something that allows us to drive, to create, um, to drive a single user into a process that will ultimately become multiple users as they tell their friends. And so... That's really the, um, the thing that, that takes some time to get people uh, comfortable with or understand that, that we're not talking about um, the individual user that we're interacting with on the front end as the, as the opportunity. We're talking about um, the 1,000 people that user is uh, six degrees away from down, down, down the, the value chain and getting them engaged as well and leveraging the relationship they have with that first user to get those additional users excited about their product or service. Mm-hmm. 
but we do a ton of business with agencies. Um, they, they really like the fact that we're bringing something to the table that is um, exciting from a viable, viable perspective. Uh, it's something that, you know, a lot of clients are asking for to be part of a media plan, some sort of viral strategy, but also um, makes it really easy to get behind it because it is metrics-based. It is accountable. We are driving sales as a result. Um, one of the listeners to the show just I am me that Burger King has sold 61.2 million chicken sandwiches <laughs> as a result of the viral chicken. <laughs> we were saying well, Burger yeah, you know, like but since it was a chicken, it was a chicken sandwich. Sure, so they got, still got some way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's not necessarily helpful when you're approaching agencies saying, you know, this works. Absolutely. It's been working for we, a few years. It's not a novelty anymore. We have technology behind it. Give it a try. But it's, it's still hit or miss. Well, you know, that's the great thing. It, it, yeah, that, that's, that's the great thing. Is it's really not. So, so that's really the reason why we have um, this sort of multivariate testing engine that we've built internally. So what we do is we, we don't say, okay, we're, we, we, one of the things that we're, we're very upfront about is we very, very rarely get it right on the first try, right? And, that, and so the, reason, the way that we combat that is we come up with a lot of different concepts and um, put them into our, our testing engine, which allows us in real time to um, expose consumers to different, um, different sets of consumers to different experiences. And very quickly, we're able to evaluate how people interact with those, um, those experiences and make tweaks and refinements and ultimately narrow down to, the, to the, uh, the process that works really, really well. And again, because we're not focused on it's not a, it's, because we're not, it's not about getting people to, to send on a joke or send on a video or whatever it is. It's really, we're giving them some sort of significant benefit, again, either tied to the service or it can be some sort of, um, some sort of uh, hard good like a gift card or, a, or consumer electronics or whatever it is. Um, it's, it, we're, giving them, we're giving them a real reason to be involved and to tell their friends. And, and so, it's, so you take a lot of that um, catching lighting, lightning in a bottle kind of aspect of viral marketing out of the mix because it really is about the numbers for us and it really is about um, finding a process that can be sustainably viral and not just sort of a one-hit wonder. As far as telling people, uh, as far as people telling their friends about various offers, I want to talk about privacy for a second. When you think mm-hmm. about the double-click network of, I believe it was 2000, when the privacy issue came to the forefront, they were the first Absolutely. to kind of get into the hot water with it. Um, are you guys having any issues with that at all? We're really not. So, so what we're what we're all about is um, enabling the communication with uh, enabling the communication friend to friend. But we're not about uh, we're not actually uh, directly facilitating it. Meaning that. Consumers are ultimately, all they're doing uh, through our programs are, it's no different than if um, you logged into your Gmail account and sent an email to a friend saying, hey, you should check this out. It's a pretty cool service. Um, all we're doing is enabling them to do that uh, to a larger segment of their, of their friends quicker and easier. So it, these, these emails are ultimately sent friend to friend. Um, we don't actually uh, take any ownership of the, the, the email addresses in someone's address book, for example. That's totally blind to us. The user can interact with it, but we don't have any, any direct access to it. So as a result... All, all we're really doing is exposing the consumer to, um, to some sort of offer. We're giving them the tools to share that offer. But, um, but until uh, their friend um, has, has really taken uh, the initiative to go through, hit one of our processes, um, give all the, proper, um, all, the, all the proper approvals to kind of engage with the process and, and receive uh, information from, from our client, they're not treated as, as, a, as, a, as a customer in any way, shape, or form. They're basically just a consumer that's, that's clicking through on an email that they receive from their friend, which happens millions of times every day. Okay. Uh, but as far as that initial um, list is concerned, you do have a, a, a mailing database that you work with, right? No, so actually we do. receive offers? Yes, yeah, so actually we do, the way that that typically works is we leverage the existing user base that, um, that our client, our advertising partner, uh, has, uh, has access to. So basically, um, let's say one of our clients is a company called Entertainment Book that you're probably familiar with. 
They have um, you know millions of folks that, that own their books and uh, and purchase their books year over year. And what we actually do is when a consumer purchases a book through an entertainment book, they're exposed to um, to an offering that gives them some sort of benefit for telling their friends about the inter- entertainment book. It's sort of a, a referral program or telefriend program on steroids. And uh, basically, so, so there's a consumer that, that entertainment book already has an existing business relationship with, that then we're just giving the tools to then share um, the benefits of that relationship out with their friends. In some cases, through the network, we're working with um, with third parties that are driving uh, driving consumers into the uh, into these processes on an affiliate basis that um, don't have a, that obviously, in that case, the consumer doesn't have an existing relationship with Entertainment Book, but um, but all those folks that we work with go through sort of a rigorous screening process, um, make sure that they're you know uh, they're they're uh, up to speed with all the standard um, uh, best practices in the industry, can spam and the like, and so and so we feel uh, really strongly about about uh, privacy issues and feel really strongly that we're that we're good guys in, in that in that regard. And just make sure you stay out of hot water with the government bodies, right? Absolutely, that's absolutely right. Yeah, there's there's. Uh, what other people deal with those <laughs> headaches? We run a queen shop, and that's and that's and that's really where we're at. Um, so, as far as um, where you fit into the rest of the advertising world, just to kind of sum up, um, you're not quite a network. You're not solely viral. Where, where do you mm-hmm. fit in? So, I think that we're we're um, we're really uh, ultimately from a. It really depends um, what perspective you're looking at. From a, from an advertiser perspective, I think that um, we we offer a really um, interesting value proposition. We allow them to, one, extract new acquisition out of their existing customer base, so it's really more than install-based marketing. It's, it's uh, sort of install-based acquisition. We're taking their, their, their existing uh, brand advocates and giving them a reason to bring more friends into the fold. From a publisher perspective, we're bringing um, very, very consumer-friendly content to, the, uh, to, to, to their users, stuff that isn't going to tax their user base, tax their database, um, we're not we're not running the type of programs where someone's going to submit an email address and get you know and then all of a sudden be on uh, a million different list manager lists uh, getting getting thousands of spam emails a day. We're, we're we're doing things the right way. We found great ways to monetize these consumers and their friends that um, that bring value to them. So as a result, we're bringing offers that not only are, are really really publisher friendly um, and convert at a great rate and, and bring great yield. We're also um, bringing offers to the marketplace that are very very consumer friendly, which which you know makes us feel good about things as well. Okay, Joe, I want to thank you for joining us today and introducing popular media to everybody who may not have been aware of this um, new trend in that network. And um, we'll be back in a few minutes with Kevin Giantempo from uh, Interactive Video Network, which has just launched a viral video network. We'll be right back. Sit tight and don't move. Add Tech Connect. We'll be right back. Testing at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The Flamethrower. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now.
With over 30,000 clients and eight years of experience, West Host is not your basement hosting company. Starting at $3.95 a month, West Host offers the lowest price virtual private server technology in the industry, yet they don't sacrifice their world-class data center or superior 24-7 client support. Sign up at westhost.com today and get the hosting technology and real support your business needs at prices you can't find from other hosts. Westhost.com. That's westhost.com. W-E-S-T. HOST.com. When you expect more from your web host. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to AdTech Connect. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back, everybody. This is Nasha Geller. I'm your host today, filling in for Susan Bratton, who's on vacation. Um, we are talking about ad networks. The theme of the show is Toto. It's not the same ad network anymore. And my next guest is, actually fits perfectly into that theme because um, he is Kevin... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin Giannatempo, who's the president of the Interactive Video Network. It's a division of Interrep, Interactive. And you guys just launched a viral video network today. Um, the audience of the show is probably the first hearing about it. So, um, Kevin, welcome, and tell us a little bit about your uh, announcement today. Hi, Masha. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, let me first preface by saying uh, I am actually, uh, my offices are across the street from a firehouse, so uh, if you hear a couple of sirens, it's not because anything is going on in my office, but it's because of the neighborhood here, so uh, just be aware that it might get a little loud. It, it interrupts my phone calls many times, but uh, anyway, yes, we, uh, we just went live today with the viral video network, but um, let me at least give you some background on uh, our company and then how we came to offer this opportunity. Um, okay. Interactive Video Network is uh, a sister company to Winstar Interactive. Uh, we're both divisions of Interrep Interactive, um, and IVN, Interactive Video Network, was formed basically to work with publishers that already have video content. Um, and uh, they're looking for an outsourced uh, opportunity or outsourced service to monetize their pre-roll video, uh, pre-roll video ads. So uh, we're a little bit different than, say, uh, a broadband enterprises or a Brightcove who provides content uh, and distributes and syndicates content and then also sells the pre-roll ads. We focus more on sites that currently have content and are looking for an outsourced uh, service to sell the pre-roll. So that's essentially our model with 
um, IVN. Uh, and then as of late, we started to see a lot of uh, the news and the, uh, the move towards uh, user-generated content uh, and particularly uh, videos that are sort of an advertising message. Uh, there was an article in yesterday's Wall Street Journal about uh, a new Smirnoff uh, campaign that was just posted on uh, YouTube. Uh, and so we just saw that there's a, a movement towards more use of these types of um, sort of user-generated and, and advertiser-generated long-form videos. Uh, and we just thought, well, you know, when you have a, a site like YouTube, which is a fantastic site, uh, but when they're doing 100 million streams a day, uh, that there seemed like there's a need for providing a platform for advertisers to raise the awareness of these viral video uh, the viral videos that they're looking to distribute. On a site like YouTube, I'm not sure how uh, a video breaks through the clutter. So what we did is uh, we went to some of our partner sites. Um, we're reaching out to additional sites. Uh, and the model essentially is this. Um, these uh, user-generated sites agree to feature uh, the virally produced long-form videos on their site in a prominent position, uh, and they also guarantee a certain number of video plays. So uh, we're in the midst of talking to a number of advertisers, and uh, what we essentially will do is make a commitment to them to have those videos play for a certain number of times, um, it will be featured prominently on sites, either in an editor's pick section uh, or a featured section, so that uh, the position of prominence will generate the, uh, the video plays, and that will start to contribute to the viral nature of the campaign. Uh, we'll have uh, a way to track that through our existing ad server so that we can actually monitor how many, ad or how many uh, video plays are generated by each individual site, uh, and then in aggregate, we can provide reporting to the advertiser so that in real time we can tell them, here's how many video plays have been generated, uh, and here's how we are progressing in terms of the commitment we've made to them for the entire campaign. So that's essentially what the model is. On a, and you're selling these on a CPM basis, right? It'll be on a CPM basis, yes. Who so, are some of your partners? Uh, we, uh, the announcement we had today is uh, there's several sites that we've have received commitments from. Uh, Photo Bucket, uh, which is a, a premier site that uh, hosts uh, all sorts of uh, video and um, images online, photographic images. Uh, vMix, which is a combination of a user-generated site uh, and original content. Uh, and GoFish. GoFish is uh, a user-generated site. Uh, and another site called Red Balcony. So each of these sites, uh, in aggregate, uh, reaches about 9% of the total Internet audience. I think the latest number I saw, according to Comscore, was, uh, I think, 178 million unique users online uh, in July. And uh, these sites combined are reaching about 9% of those sites. Uh, the last number that I saw for, uh, for YouTube, I believe, was about 16 million. So they're right about 9%. So we're offering, out of the box, we're offering a comparable audience. But the value proposition that we're bringing to the, uh, to the advertiser is that on a site like YouTube, if an advertiser was to post their long-form video, um, there's no guarantee of how many video plays and how, many, you know, how much share of voice they would get. And in fact, on, on a site that large, I would assume that their share of voice would be quite small. But mm -hmm. what we're able to do is provide placements on smaller niche sites uh, where we'll have a large and a very high share of voice individually on each site. And then in aggregate, we'll be able to deliver an audience similar to a YouTube. So we think there's a huge uh, opportunity here uh, to bundle together these individual user-generated sites uh, and offer that uh, audience to advertisers. 
Is there interest from the advertiser community? There's been quite a bit of interest. Absolutely, yeah, there's there's been quite a bit of interest. Uh, we've had ongoing discussions with a couple of advertisers, uh, and uh, those are continuing. Uh, we'll we'll probably be having some announcements on some of those advertisers in the coming weeks. I know you can't talk about it yet, but in general, what kinds of brands are looking for these opportunities? Uh, you know, I, I would say it spans quite a, a range. Uh, you know, it, as of yesterday, I'm not sure I would have considered, uh, you know, an alcohol or spirits product to be appropriate for a viral video, but, you know, there you go. You know, uh, Smirnoff, uh, you know, proved me wrong. So, uh, it, it spans a number of categories. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's advertisers out there in the video game space. I think that you know could be a good fit um, in in the beer category. That could be a good fit uh, in personal products, in um, telecommunications, personal telecommunications. I think there's quite a few categories uh, that have advertisers that this would be appropriate and that we're having discussions with. Mm-hmm. The entire entertainment category, I'm sure. Uh, absolutely, you know that's an, that's another area that I think we can focus on. Uh, you know, I- either in the entertainment uh, or uh, in the movie business, where uh, I envision also you know maybe running bloopers from movies. So you know, it's one thing. You know, a, a lot of movie studios want to uh, post their their studio or their their uh, uh, in theater movie trailers on uh, a variety of sites, but I'm not sure if there's any real compelling nature for that to be shared virally. But if they provide something that has bloopers and outtakes, well, you know, that's that's got some value to the audience on that site. So I see that as a category that we could uh, we could absolutely focus on and provide uh, a distribution mechanism for them to uh, generate a viral buzz for a particular movie and, and share some of the uh, you know the outtakes prior to maybe the movie hitting the, the theaters. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Smirnoff before. Can you give us a little more on that? Uh, well, I'm I'm not working with them currently, uh, but that's certainly one that you know we could. Uh, have a discussion with, but I just was referencing an article that was in the Wall Street Journal yesterday where uh-huh. uh, they did post uh, a, a video that they uh, generated um, that I believe was probably two or three minutes long, and apparently since the beginning of August it's gotten half a million video plays. So the model that um, they're using is exactly what we're looking to do, but templatize that and pattern it across multiple sites and provide a guarantee to uh, the advertiser that we can generate a certain number of video plays. I don't know enough about the model with YouTube. I don't know if they guaranteed a certain number of video plays. I don't know if they they featured it prominently on the site or whether it was just strictly um, sort of a guerrilla marketing tactic that the agency for Smirnoff um, executed, whether or not it was something that they just placed on the site and you know tried to seed the audience and generate the video plays. I'm not sure... Uh, you know, uh, what the relationship is there. We're, we're trying to take it a step further. So instead of advertisers having to go out and seeding multiple sites and crossing their fingers and hoping that a video sort of gets picked up in a viral nature, we're just providing them a platform to raise the awareness and to provide them a guaranteed number of video plays so that it can sort of jumpstart the video aspect of it. I'm sorry, the viral aspect of it. Um, how can you guarantee viral? Those two words don't seem to go in the same sentence. <laughs> Well, what we're, the, the commitment that we're receiving from these sites is for them to feature in the position of prominence uh, that will generate the video plays. Uh, and I, I suspect that you know certain sites, videos will resonate more than with other sites. Uh, and by having the ad tags on multiple sites for us to track which sites are generating the videos, we can then optimize and make sure that we reallocate our resources to the sites that are generating the most videos. So if I place a video on site A and site B, site, and site B is, is generating more video plays 
within the given time frame of the campaign, then I'm going to shift some of the, the commitment from one side to another. So we, we believe that by having these videos placed on the site and, and receiving a position of prominence, that will be able to generate those video plays. Okay. Um, let's talk about um, the debate between repurposing TV advertising and creating original advertising content for the web. Um, how is that impacting you? Well, I don't necessarily see this as utilizing just commercials that have been repurposed. I, you know, a 30-second spot is not compelling for a viral campaign. At least that's my personal opinion. I think these types of videos will need to be longer form, uh, you know, say two to three minutes. They need to be engaging, uh, you know, potentially humorous, maybe suspenseful, uh, or maybe serial in nature where, you know, there's sort of a to-be-continued aspect to it. Um, and I think those types of videos are the types that will be conducive for viral, uh, for viral purposes. I don't think a single 30-second spot that you just pull from television uh, would be the type that somebody would be interested in forwarding on to their friend. Um, although, uh, you know, I, I would contradict that statement slightly by saying that I know I've received many of uh, many uh, uh, an email that contained sort of a, a a portfolio of commercials that ran internationally that were humorous. So there, you know, there potentially is a you know a value in sharing those virally. But I think from the standpoint of the publisher, they want to make sure that they provide something that's useful and relevant to their audience. And I think if it's humorous, um, then there's a, there's a likelihood that, uh, you know, it'll pick up, it'll get the viral plays um, that, you know, would, would generate the viral nature. So I think it's important that there's certain types of video that will fit this model and there's others that won't. So I think it's going to be really important that we'll have to work closely with the advertisers to make sure that they, they produce a longer form video that is not just a blatant call to action or a blatant ad message, that it's more engaging. So I, I, as I said, I don't think um, we would be willing to accept just a, a repurposed video from offline for online. In fact, uh, what I really see here, there's, there's two areas that I think uh, are, are seem to be developing. One is where there's videos that are generated by users that have a commercial message to it or at least a you know, feature uh, an advertiser, so, you know, the Mentos, Pepsi uh, videos that you might have seen recently, you know, that's, that's sort of a brand play for both of those companies, even though it was produced by a user. Um, so I think that category, the category where users produce videos uh, and either share them with the advertiser, uh, and, and if, if the advertiser has a portfolio of these and they're looking for a distribution channel, that's what this offers, is a d distribution channel for videos that were created by users. So that's one category. The second category potentially is videos that were produced by the advertiser to look like they're user-generated. Uh, I, I saw one recently that was for Axe. I think it uh, was, was internationally, uh, was, I think maybe one of their international agencies produced it, but it basically was, um, uh, it sort of, uh, it, it, it appeared as though uh, when you saw the video as if you had stumbled upon uh, a webcam in somebody's room uh, and it, it sort of took you on this little, sort of storyline, and it turned out the entire video was produced by Axe. So there's an example of a video that was produced by the advertiser, but it looked like it was user-generated content, and it, it sort of engaged the user. So I, I see those two categories as, as really being um, 
the sweet spot for the types of videos that I think uh, we would be willing to feature on this network. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of really innovative stuff all over the web, so I'm happy to see them utilizing this. Um, I want to ask you how um, IVN is interacting with the rest of the Interapp Interactive Empire. Um, as we know, it's the largest independent online ad sales company, has been for a while. Um, WinStar is a component. How do you all work together? Sure. WinStar's model is uh, to focus on um, a limited portfolio of sites that uh, we represent or that WinStar represents exclusively. Uh, so sites like History Channel, A&E, Biographies, Agats, Photos, and a number of others. WinStar is the, uh, the complete outsourced end-to-end solution for ad sales. Uh, and they focus mainly on uh, in-page ads, display ads, uh, and integrated opportunities. Uh, when we formed IVN at the beginning of this year, we felt like there was a need to focus on publishers that were video-centric, um, publishers that had original content or user-generated content, um, that we could sort of take a page out of the WinStar model, that we could represent them exclusively, uh, potentially bundle them with other sites, uh, and sell them both sites specifically, uh, but also uh, in an aggregated nature. And so that's what we're focusing on, is working with publishers that have ad impressions in pre-roll media player environments. We're not interested in selling video that's in page, that's maybe in a banner or a tower or a leaderboard. We're focusing exclusively on the media player environment. Uh, the reason why we've, we've focused on that is because we think that's the closest experience to the television experience. You know, television, somebody clicks the power button on their remote and they, they request a certain program. On, on a website, uh, the, the content that's in a media player is pulled by the, by the user. They've clicked on play and said, I want that video. I want to see that video. And during the uh, retrieval of that media file, of that video file, we would serve them the pre-roll. Uh, and we think that's the most engaging environment. It's the most one-to-one um, experience. It's the least cluttered environment. It's not like a web page that has multiple ad placements uh, and, and an advertiser, a user is maybe seeing multiple ad impressions. In this environment, they've clicked on play. They're waiting for a video to play, and we're serving the pre-roll to them. Uh, and we think that's the most compelling place to be for advertisers, and that's why we focused exclusively on that environment. And you expect to reach about 20% of the total Internet audience by the year-end, right? Uh, I do. With, uh, with the, the sites that we're talking to, this is, that's sort of the viral video network. Right now we're at about 16%, uh, uh-huh. and we expect that to grow. I expect uh, you know some of the discussions to uh, be finalized here in the next couple of days, but we wanted to go ahead with this press release uh, and let the marketplace know that this is, uh, this is something that is available because uh, we just felt like there's, there's a great deal of interest and, uh, you know, an increase in uh, sort of buzz for this category, and uh, we wanted to roll this out and continue our discussions with other publishers, but we think easily we'll be at 20% by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So as with the Daily Searchcast, the previous show, the forecast is warm and sunny for us. Um, Video Networks Online. Um, Kevin, I want to thank you very much for joining us. We will be right back with Bob Sacco from the Travel Ad Network, continuing our conversation about ad networks in 2006. We'll be right back. Sit tight and don't move. Ad Tech Connect. We'll be right back. Wizards, rainmakers, rock stars, gorillas, and gurus. WebmasterRadio.fm. Come visit our magical Webmaster Wonderland. We got a mouse too. It's all about links, baby. 
Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that ValueClick Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with ValueClick Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well written, informative content. High quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. If you think WebmasterRadio.fm is smoking now, well, you ain't seen nothing yet, man. Woo! All right. <laughs> September 15, 16, and 17, it's a Search Bash Jamaica. Come to Jamaica for one of the biggest bashman party. Come rub elbows with the web's greatest marketing mind. <laughs> Dude, that's great. You and a friend lying on the beach, sipping rum punch, and get a full body all a rum. Mm. It is Ironman. <laughs> Find all the info at searchbash.com. Air, transportation, hotel, photos, and registration. Come hang out with the coolest people online at digital marketing. Yeah, we be jamming, man. Jamming with your webmaster radio show host. This is Greg. I need a beer in Ireland. Hook up with some old friends. <laughs> it's a life experience you'll never forget. Excellent. Search Bash Jamaica. In case you haven't been listening, I'll repeat myself. It's a happening thing in a Negro Jamaica. To register and get all pertinent information, go to searchbash.com. Seize and seclus, get out and come down to Jamaica Search Bash 2006. Hosted by a webmaster radio.fm. Like now, I'm ready to go. Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back, everybody. This is Masha Gelly, your host for this AdTech Connect show this Thursday. Um, we're on our final guest here, Bob Sacco, who's a co-founder of the Travel Ad Network. And Bob and I are going to talk a little bit about um, specific content networks, which is um, Travel Ad Network is one of the very few out there who's, who focuses on a very specific um, content category, travel. Bob, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we uh, were founded uh, by Cree Lawson, who's our CEO uh, and uh, president, and we basically have come into the vertical of travel and <clears throat> become an exclusive uh, rep firm just for travel sites. So we're, we're uh, all travel all the time. 
Okay. Um, what kind of sites are you working with? Well, uh, currently, well, just six months ago, we launched uh, TripAdvisor. They came to us and they were looking for a professional senior sales staff to launch uh, online ads on their site for the very first time. Previous to this, they had no display advertising. They just only had text links. Um, so we helped uh, launch their site. Um, uh, recently, they've taken over the endemic portion of that. We still represent them for non-endemic buys, but the other sites that we do have in our network are Lonely Planet, uh, One Travel, um, RealTravel.com, which uh, just joined us, uh, Fair Compare, Eleventh uh, Hour Vacations, Travel Worm, Travel Hero, uh, uh, I Go You Go, Rust Guides. Uh, list goes on. Um, so, how many um, how many visitors are we talking about here? Well, <clears throat> if you aggregate all of the sites that we represent, um, we're a top three entity within the travel vertical. So, we range anywhere from uh, fifteen to eighteen million uniques per month. Uh, that is, if you take uh, Nielsen or Comscore numbers and uh, you know ag- aggregate them across the board. Uh, we have a very large audience, very large reach. Um, we are an alternative to the big three, uh, which would be the merchant models of uh, Travelocity, Expedia, or Orbitz. Uh, previously, if you advertise on there, it's, you're not going to be able to take that user and uh, leave the site. So uh, we offer uh, direct link advertising, and that is, is that uh, all the advertising that we have on our sites um, user clicks and then can be taken to anywhere on the net, right into your booking engine or wherever you want them to go. Okay. Um, we spoke a little bit about, um, prior to the show, about the very interesting audience composition of all of these sites. Um, when advertisers are looking to advertise with you guys, um, they're not necessarily the travel category, right? You're going after everybody who's looking for an affluent audience. Yeah. We... we we are different than the, the, even though we're called an ad network, a lot of people, it's a misnomer in the sense that they think the first thing it, we have to do in, in media planner and media buyer's heads is sort of like, well, look, we're, we don't do rotating code. We're, we're not, you know, Blue Lithium or uh, Advertising.com or Tribal Fusion or FastClick. We don't, we don't do that. What we do is guaranteed impressions. And when you're speaking to us, you're really essentially speaking to the publisher directly, and because we are, in, in essence, their uh, their sales force, uh, we're just an external sales force for them, and we handle uh, all the inquiries. So, for instance, if you wanted to advertise on Lonely Planet and you called them, they'd say, "Well, you need to call, you know, Travel Ad Network." And the benefits here are are twofold because what happens is is that we create value on both sides in a win win situation. Uh, for media buyers, we we become a, a one stop shop. Uh, essentially, they come to us, and we can uh, target across all of these 40 sites um, by IP address target through our ad server. Or what's really the differentiator here is that we can target by content. So if an advertiser wants to just reach people who are going to Las Vegas or uh, New York or, or wherever, we can target the pages where they're reading about planning a trip to Las Vegas or New York. And so you're essentially just reading reaching those people on those content pages. And that's the only way you can do that is if you deal directly with the publisher. And, of course, we aggregate that across all of the sites that we represent. So that's how we get the scale. Um, 
Now, in terms of the affluent audience that we have, um, we just uh, there was a study that came out with eMarketer uh, showing the, 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 the average travel audience and uh, the demos on that. And we skew uh, very high in the 100K-plus area. We have a very affluent audience. Uh, we're, the composition is about 10% more uh, on our network across the board uh, for households uh, of 100K-plus. Um, so we have a very affluent audience across, and it's very attractive to some of our, our current advertisers like Visa and American Express, uh, people like that. Um, so, yes, we um, have had past advertisers that are non-endemic like uh, T-Mobile, uh, folks like that. So they really want to mm-hmm. reach these types of uh, on-the-go affluent travelers. And as far as the customer service is concerned, it seems your model is very focused on like, uh, folks like Kayak who are simultaneously trying to operate a travel booking service and ge- generate revenue with advertising. You're just doing the advertising part, right? Right, right. We <coughs> you kind of think of us as we're all about audience. You know, we do have technology, but we're really focused in on uh, think of us sort of like a niche publication. Uh, I think that the reason why people, a lot of people will pick up, um, say, GQ magazine is because they want to uh, half the reason they're picking it up is to see the ads, you know, uh, uh-huh. to see the fashion, to see what's what's hot, whatever. So there's a synergy between the uh, the kind of ads that are on the site and the content that they're reading. Uh, the the people that uh, the users that go to our sites, uh, you know, 25% of our sites are Forbes Best of the Web uh, travel sites. Uh, they've won all kinds of awards for uh, Best Travel Site to the 12 Most Essential uh, Travel Sites. Um, the users that are that go to our network are going there because it's trusted content, and the type of ads that we put up on uh, our network are branded ads, and so we're bringing a lot of value to the user. Uh, they're seeing ads that are um, branded advertisers, and there's a synergy between that. And since you're not in the affiliate game, you're avoiding a lot of the problems associated with that. You're representing most of these sites exclusively, right? Absolutely. There's all kinds of things, all kinds of problems go away <laughs> with our model mm-hmm. because, you know, you really, you, you know, you're not going to see classmates.com and you're, you're not going to see those, you know, punch the monkey type of ads, you know, across our network. We, we don't run those type of ad, uh, networks. We don't open up our network to behavioral um, uh, networks or any kind of uh, uh, that type of stuff. So you're not going to see those types of ads. Um, uh, so it's a real clean solution. And in addition to that, on the other side, the publisher, we're help building the publisher a branded website by bringing them branded advertisers. So there's an inherent value there. Right. Um, why travel? Why travel? Yeah, well, why not entertainment or bridal or, I don't know, pick a category. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, the very first job I ever had was working uh, at the, the Office of Tourism for California. And uh, way back when, in 1985, we launched a, a, a Clio award-winning uh, ad campaign called Discover the Californias. And uh, it was uh, a groundbreaking print and TV campaign. But um, I, So I've, I've been in the, the travel uh, business for you know a long time. Also had a stint over at Last Minute Travel. But um, travel is a unique sector. It, 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 it's a sector that has been disintermediated you know, since the 70s when Visa came out and was the, you know, became another point at which you could buy travel because before you had to go downtown to the, you know, United Airlines office to get your ticket. 
and you had to have right. it printed out, and you had to go down there in person. And all lo and behold, in the 70s, you had the you know the credit card, uh, and then you could actually buy it through Visa, and that was a breakthrough. And then ever since then, it's been disintermediated and fractured, and and it's kind of a crazy place. And with the internet, it was just one more uh, chapter in in that. And uh, it, it has a lot of business models. It has a lot of emerging uh, business models. Um, but we feel that it was the right time to bring this type of service uh, in vertical uh, because it was uh, needed. And we're really filling a gap uh, for the, our clients, and we're really focused in on uh, delivering those results. And it's working. And you get a much more affluent audience than you would anywhere else. Well, well we're looking at third-party data that suggests that uh, that is true uh, across the board. Uh, these, uh, you know, these indexes that we're seeing are, are very affluent, uh, and we're just starting to bring that to the market. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as, as far as your competition is concerned, who 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 is out there? Well, who are you competing with? <laughs> that's a good question. There really isn't anybody else that's doing what we're doing. Uh, uh, you know. It's not that we're doing rocket science. It's just that it's not easy uh, in, in terms of rounding up uh, all these different publishers and delivering across all these different ad servers. And we are implementing our own technology, um, and which is going to give us some very special uh, t- type of targeting capability that you can't find anywhere else. Um, so that's around the corner. Uh, so, yeah, it's really there isn't anybody doing exactly what we're doing. Um, and we're really vastly different than than you know the rotating code uh, remnant advertising networks. Mm-hmm. Do you see the company expanding into other categories in the future besides well, we, travel? We, yeah, we, we we actually took our first. Uh, uh, we had an we have an investor who uh, has invested into us who's very uh, successful in the travel uh, sector, and uh, he's taken many uh, travel companies. Um, uh, public and uh, we have uh, we do have some designs on some global expansion. Um, we at the at this point, uh, yeah, I don't I don't see us uh, going outside of the, the travel sector. There's just too much opportunity within this vertical. Yeah, and changing the name of the company would be a big headache too, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the line extension gets a little fuzzy. <laughs> Right. Um, tell me a little bit about your background, um, Bob. Where do you come from? How did you end up in this? Well, well I, like I said, you know, my very first job was, was working in, in tourism, um, but then I, I, I had a, uh, a background in advertising agencies, um, and, and then I went to print. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I hopped onto the online early and uh, worked for an emerging company that was out of Berkeley called Cybergold.com, which had the, uh, the first technology to transfer uh, microtransactions in real time mm-hmm. over the Internet. Um, of course, back then in 96, we were knocking on the doors of Apple and all the record companies telling them they should be selling songs for 99 cents, but, of course, they wouldn't listen. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh, And then I went over to run the sales at... Um, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle, because uh, mm-hmm. I had a publishing background in print, uh, working in InfoWorld magazine in uh, Menlo Park, and uh, uh, ran that for about three years, and then it was sold to Hearst, and then I went to work briefly for uh, Knight Ritter Digital, and, okay. uh, and here I am. 
So you have a, a, a giant background in advertising and advertising sales on both the traditional and the interactive side. What are the major challenges you're facing now when you go in to talk to agencies about um, TAN? Well, that's a good question. I, I, I think that... If there are know, any. I, you know, I think that the industry is still immature. You know, we're, we're, we're still emerging, uh, you know, a, as an entity. Um, you know, I just ordered my, my copy of What Sticks by, by you know, Rex Briggs, uh, <laughs> whom actually is a neighbor of mine that lives around the corner. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, you know, here, here a breakthrough study where, you know, 38% of the, you know, the media that you're, you're buying is, is wasted, you know. And there's a lot of noise out there Only with technology. And Only technology 30% is, it used to be that's half. <laughs> I'm sorry? Only 30% is wasted? It used to be that's half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the famous quote, you know, uh, half of my advertising I waste. I just don't know which which half, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that we're emerging, and uh, things will will you know uh, tighten up. And as uh, there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of noise out there, and there's a lot of companies out there that, um, you know, the 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 difference in which they're offering their technology versus another technology is. You know, who knows? You know, it's it's it's. I think it's it's very little. I mean, we just focus in on the audience. We don't get caught up in the technology game. You know, we have yeah. a pure audience. It's 100% contextual. Um, it's it's readers of of you know of uh, of websites and users of websites that trust the content, and and that audience is pure. And we don't get involved with you know remarketing or retargeting or behaviorally targeting and all those different things. You know, we already have the pure audience. There's no reason to to try to improve it. You know, uh, right. we've got it right there. Okay. You're going right to the source. Gotcha. Um, and with that comes opportunity. Thank you very much for joining us today, Bob. We are completely out of time. My producer's yelling at me here a little bit. Um, I want to thank all three of our guests today, Joe Fard, uh, Kevin Giannantempo, and Bob Sacco for joining us today. And um, we'll see you all next Thursday. Thank you very much. Learning how to monetize your domains. Zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod. Zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone. Zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath. Well, worthless. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.